God. Hi, I'm a queer Jamfi, founder of the British Blacklist, and I'm here with a very phenomenal young lady. I keep saying phenomenal. I think it's my new word of the year. Um, but you are phenomenal. You're groundbreaking. Oh, you. I, haven't, I haven't been described as that yet, so you're the first person. Yeah, listen, there you go, first and all. Um, yeah, but you are. You're phenomenal. You're groundbreaking. You're um, an instigator, a rabble rouser, and you're an inspiration to many. So... I would like you to introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and why you're here. I don't think I can follow up from what you just described me as. So everything that you've said is what I am, basically. I, yeah, I'm, I'm ZZ Mills, and I have an online show called The ZZ Mills Show, uh, where I talk about loads of different things. I interview people, the people that maybe I shouldn't interview, or, you know, have a conversation that I shouldn't be having. So yeah, that's that's what I do. Still weird for me to try. I try to sometimes figure out what is it that I actually do. When people ask me to say, what do you do? The first thing I used to say, oh, I'm just that girl from the internet that chats shit. I'm allowed to swear. Oh, well, sorry. I'm allowed to swear. Um, so yeah, I just speak, because that's what people used to describe me. It's like, oh, Zizi's always online chatting shit. And then I kind of just like, well, yeah, if that's what you want to describe me as, fine, I'm not really bothered about it, but yeah, cool. But I think uh, that's a great tagline. I'm the girl on the internet chatting shit. That's actually, I'd brand that. Yeah, I might use that as well. Get it on a t-shirt as everyone's doing. Um, <laughs> but I understand that when you don't necessarily, when you fall into certain paths and it's not necessarily properly planned, it's hard putting these afo- like proper titles on yourself. Yeah, yeah. You haven't said, oh, well, I'm going to train and study and do this. Yeah, yeah, exactly that, yeah. But um, do, you, do you, I've got so many questions to ask you. Let's get this out of the way. We're talking to you because you're involved with a celebration of black music. Can you tell us about what that is, please? So basically uh, what BLIM is, Black Lives, uh, Black Lives in Music, is to do with the underrepresentation, sorry, of Black people within the, well, not necessarily, not, not the underrepresentation, it's we are represented within music, but as we know that the gatekeepers are not necessarily us. So when we're in certain spaces, we don't feel accepted, or we feel like we're the token person there, or we have to kind of think twice about saying things, or just be being black sometimes it's draining do you get what I mean and in this world that the entertainment world we kind of dominate it but we're not necessarily the gatekeepers and we're made to feel you know like we shouldn't be in these certain spaces and the people that I've interviewed are uh, specifically from like the jazz and classical world where we know usually is quite a white space and also to do with class as well a lot of people made to feel they shouldn't be in those spaces because maybe they're not supposed supposed to be there historically so yeah, that's what it is. And I just sat down with some really great people and had a conversation about the struggles that they've had being in those those spaces. Did you learn something new from the, some of the people that you spoke to? Because I, like you said, they, I know there's Ayana, there's Shaku Mason. These are classical slash jazz uh, musicians who are mm-hmm. celebrated in our community for doing something against the norm. But it is that thing where the word norm isn't applied to those um, musical genres yeah 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 black people and they should be because I mean mm-hmm. we literally invented music but was there anything that you learned from speaking to the people that came through the show that surprised you that reset your mindset to how maybe you even came at certain genres of music or people that are involved in it I always kind of get surprised um, I don't know if it's necessarily if it's because I don't believe them or it's just their experience. But I was quite surprised when I sat down with Jake Isaac, who said he hadn't necessarily felt that being a black man had 
I don't want to get his words twisted, but he basically said, I'm paraphrasing here, that he didn't necessarily always feel the struggle of being a black man in that in, in those spaces, that he's not found it easy, but the experiences that some black men might have found, he hasn't actually had those experiences. And sometimes it's refreshing sometimes to hear that because just because you're black, you're not, not all of us are going to have the same struggle. Not all of us are going to be feeling like, oh my God, woe is me. It's been so difficult to get through this system. So he was saying that he hasn't necessarily had those difficulties, but he understands. Who's Jake? Jake Isaac. He is like a, a singer, musician. He's worked with loads of different people, like India Irie. He's the last episode that just came out. So that was interesting to hear that from him. But also, like I said, it was nice because I don't feel that our narrative as black people should always be struggle. Do you know what I mean? It shouldn't always be like, oh, you know, I had to go through the forest, you know, cut down the wood <laughs> with, that, with a dull knife. Do you get what I mean? And my hand bled as I did it. Do you know what I mean? It's nice to hear. Do you know what? I understand that is, but for me, I haven't necessarily had those really bad experiences. So that was a nice conversation to have with Jake, yeah. How did um, you film this? Was it during lockdown? It was during lockdown, yeah. COVID tested on the day. The lady that done it, she was brutal. I've had a couple of COVID tests, you know, and this girl, this woman, she was right up my nose, but I couldn't believe it. We all right. walked out there with our eyes running like, yo, she's brutal, you know, be careful. I had to do one myself for the first time the other day, but I did it myself. And right. I know I didn't, I didn't jab myself up because I heard everyone like feels attacked. I've had quite a few now and she's probably, that lady was probably the most thorough. She, I could feel her like right up here. All of our eyes were watering. But at least I know she done a thorough one. I was on set the other day. They tried to get me to do it myself. I said, absolutely not. You got, you guys have to do this. I can't do it. I mean, I'd prefer rather than someone digging in my nose. I just think to myself, you can't. I probably won't do it right, but I'm sure so. I feel, I would feel violated and want to go into vents mode and then like, get, get off, get off me. I close my eyes. I'm like, okay, go. The back of the throat one as well is weird as well. It's all very nonsense, but I guess not that I wanted to get it out of the way because the show, this is the reason why we're speaking about, um, about the show and it is, wasn't necessarily the plan, but you are Miss Go To presenter and you bring cachet to projects now because your name is ZZ Mills, right? So how did this project come to you? And do you feel your star power right now? This is such a weird conversation because the question you asked me, I did something with Little Sims, interview with Little Sims, and I literally asked her the same question that you've just asked me. Oh. And my response is going to be the same thing that she said, which is like, no, I don't necessarily feel that. It's weird. And when she said no to me, I was like, how can you not? But I understand it now because it's like when you're in it and you've been made like building your platform and you've been trying to, you're doing whatever you're doing and hustling, if you want to call it that, you don't necessarily sometimes see the growth maybe until someone like you've just said to me, you know, and then you kind of take a step back and you think, oh yeah, actually uh, I am a bit of a thing at the moment. So it's weird, but I, I'm enjoying it. And I just have to kind of remember to enjoy it as well uh, because things happen so quickly. Like the other day, someone was like, oh, how long ago did you start the DZ motion? I was like, it's come to three years now, but maybe it's only like the last year, it feels as if people, there's like been a little bit of a shift from who's this girl chatting rubbish on the internet to, oh, like, yeah, let's hit up ZZ. Or oh, let's see what Zizi says about this. So it's weird, but I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm, I'm very grateful. And yeah, like hopefully long may it continue. <laughs> it will, it will. I mean, you, you handle your stuff correctly. It will. How did this um, job find you? Well, so they slid in my DMs as lots of, like most, a lot of my jobs come from like sliding in the DMs. 
Sharice, she knows me from church background. I used to be a church girl, I always say I used to be. Sounds like I'm with the devil now. <laughs> you know, so I was going to get onto that. <laughs> sometimes. Um, we knew each other from before. Well, she was aware of me from before. And she kind of just hit me up in the DMs and I've got this really cool project. And then it went from there, like passed on to my management team. And then we ha- they had a few calls and they was like, yeah, it's definitely something that um, Zizi would be honoured to do because, you know, I'm always getting onto drill music or the negative representation of Black people within music. So when this came about, it was nice because I thought, yeah, Black people just don't always do rap or they don't just always do pop or art. R&B or Afrobeats we're in different spaces you know and it's nice to use my platform to bring light to those people that are breaking barriers in those genres and spaces that people don't think we are in I'm very passionate about that before I started doing ZD Mills stuff full-time I used to work in marketing but to do with theatre and I worked on like barbershop when it was at the roundhouse theatre it was national theatre so it's predominantly like white people in the room and I was like probably the only black person when it came down to the marketing and stuff and they want black people or people from certain backgrounds to know that these spaces are for them as well but because of the historical or the perception that people have about going to the theatre or listening to classical music or going to maybe watch an orchestra it's not for us so it's too expensive do you get what I mean and because I grew up going to the theatre my mum took me to the theatre all the time my mum always took me into those spaces so I am passionate about black people knowing that you can go to these spaces have the right to be anywhere you have the right to be and also sometimes these companies they feel that as black people we might not have the money to go to these places and I was like telling them in the meetings like yo the type of people that you want to come to these things they got the money they just don't want to come because they don't feel like the space is for us but I know guys that would go out raving and spent a grand just yeah. on the table that night not to mention the watch they've got on is over is over five grand the trailers they've got on is over a grand like they've got the money they just don't feel like these spaces are appealing to them so we have to make this space appealing to them and that's why I wanted to kind of use my platform to do that you said the three-year journey to now you feel like the ZZ Mill show is now the ZZ Mill show and your people are understand that you're actually saying something not just making noise I guess there's a journey misconception that people think, oh, she's just blown, come out of nowhere. But there's always the hard graph behind the scenes. If it's this year, can you pinpoint a moment when you just felt like, I get the industry now, I know what I need to do, but also I'm on my trajectory up. I don't know if it's like one moment, but I would say being nominated for a MOBO was probably one a moment as well, where I was a bit like, oh, okay, this is a thing now. And also I think finding management as well, and a company that I'm with uh, since 93. It's a good like management entertainment company, a whole round, uh, a wholesome thing. So when like people in the industry then start thinking, oh, like we want to represent her, then you start to think, oh, okay, now people are believing in me and it's a thing. That was one moment. Maybe going on CNN as well, maybe that should be one of, one of my things. Natalie who's a part of my management team she kind of like lives it for me so I will do stuff and then she will remind me like this is actually quite a big thing you know like CNN is a big thing Z and I'm like oh yeah 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 it is and then I might go away and be like oh okay because sometimes I put stuff on my social media and I just put it up because it's like oh this is what I've done and then when like the influx of comments come in then I start thinking oh right this is a thing like oh people think that this is a thing oh yeah it is a thing so 
it's weird for me. It's still like a weird process. If that be the case, when did you start believing in yourself? I would say from when I started doing ZZ North Show, I think I kind of believed in myself. Like I didn't know what was going to happen with it, but I thought, you know what, this could be a shout. Let's give it a go. And then when people would DM me or at me and stuff, or we want to know what ZZ North thinks about this. What does ZZ think about this? That's when I started thinking, oh, okay. And this was this isn't recently. It's probably you know like from the beginning people would at me and say oh what do you think what, what do you think about this what do you think like I used to feel I, well, I film weekly but I used to do hot topics weekly so yeah. sometimes things would come out later so something would happen and then maybe my hot topics would come out on the Sunday yeah. and then you know like the gossip pages would post it and then they people in the comments would be like this happened last week I then thought to myself I want to make my brand be that however long it takes me to speak about something yeah. people are waiting for me to say something and that allowed me to take some of the pressure off of myself because sometimes I'd be like oh my god something's happened I have to like I need to like get in, get my opinion out there before you know people think I don't have an opinion I feel like I've done quite a good job at that as in I will speak when I'm ready to speak like you'll want to hear my opinion but you're gonna have to wait for it and, it, and it's kind of like on my time um, so like even a couple of days ago, I spoke about Khloe Kardashian and it was like a whole week later, but it done the rounds because it was like, oh, okay, now ZZ's spoken on it. And that's when I started thinking, oh, okay, like people wait for my opinion on what, on what I want to say. And that's when I started to think, oh, there's a bit of... Wait for what you're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm smiling like an old auntie because I am an old auntie, but because everything you're saying is mirroring everything that I went through in running the British Blacklist. When I first yeah, yeah. the British Blacklist, literally didn't sleep. I post, I felt like I had to post everything every five seconds. And if I didn't have the news first, I literally was going to crumble. But it pays off when you are like that, because then you can get to the point where you're at now, where you can be like, okay, I'm going to put this out when I want to put it out. It yeah. doesn't matter if all the other platforms or all the other presenters or the popular people have said it. It's what you said and when you say it. When people yeah, say yeah. what you say and how you say it, you could put it all, you could all talk about it next year and they'd be like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> it matters now. Now that that particular person has said it. So it's just, I'm just smiling. Like, I can't, it's like I'm talking to myself and it's yeah, quite. Because also for yourself as well, you literally yeah. like burn yourself out. Yes. I just become anxious. I was anxious all the time. I was like, oh my God, like something's happening or what's happening. And you just, you, you can't, you can never stay on top of it because you it's, in, it's practically impossible the way the world um, works. And then also you have to select what you want to talk about as well, because you literally be talking about everything all the time and you won't have any, any a moment to yourself. And especially because with what we do, it can be mentally draining as well. You have to think about what you're saying carefully because it might be a sensitive topic. So, you know, you, you might want to say something, but then you think, okay, let me just digest it first. Let me see what I actually think about it first. Prime example, I don't know, like the whole no Clark thing that's happening. Yeah. It's like, okay, let me, let me read it. Let me digest it. Let me, sometimes myself, I'll go, I'll like, you probably do yourself, you go online, see what people are saying, is what the general consensus is. Okay, even though I might not agree with that, let me see what everyone else is saying. Okay, cool. Some people think this, some people think that. Oh, that's a good point that that person's made. So you just sit with it and you think, okay, let me just gather my thoughts on this before yeah. I dive in and say something. So, yeah. The pressure to speak, because even speaking to some of us in the, in the industry, how are we supposed to respond? What are you supposed to say? And yeah. having someone so close to you. But I also, I think someone tweeted um, about the silence of men in this thing happening with Noel Clark and 
a few people in my personal space were like, well, it's early days. We don't know what to say yet. You can't, you know, no, 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 no. And then other people were criticizing, saying, you know, we don't want to be like Sideman, but <laughs> it's, it's that. But I, I said, there's a real thing about the bro code that is so problematic for us and for, especially for women outside looking in whenever we want people to stand by us, that lack of accountability or holding up their peers when they've done shitty things visibly. And I just wondered if you felt any, you, you kind of answered it in saying that you have to pause, reflect and think before you speak on things. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like you have to speak on everything now, especially when it affects us in our black arts world? Can you, do you feel comfortable to navigate, pick and choose what you do and don't talk about? And do you also feel comfortable in saying, being honest and being like, listen, this is too sensitive. I'm not going to say anything. Or do you prefer to go, I'm just not going to say nothing? It's di difficult because, again, I am very much of, I think women should definitely be believed. But I also am very conscious of not doing tried by social media. And I think... Sometimes what David is actually good at, Sideman, is like he put a video out this morning, I saw it, and it's not necessarily about Mel Clark, it's about yeah. him reflecting about himself, which I think that's what most men should do. Because I, I was even talking to my friend about it this morning, and she was like, Do you know what? Whether it's true or not, a lot of men within the industry, they need to reflect on themselves because there's a lot of things that they think is okay and it's not okay. Like you making jokes or you being inappropriate or you even saying things like, yo, like, I swear if I just had one night with you, like, you know, all those like comments are not, it's not okay if the woman, if you've never got that vibe from that woman, even if you yeah. have, like, do you know what I mean? You know, I'm not going to say that sometimes men that I find attractive had said things like, to me. I'm going to be like, oh, is it? Okay, cool. You know, but it's, that's my choice to, you know, say, oh, okay. And they probably said that because they've got a vibe from me where I flirted with them, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But I don't think that men should just think it's okay to just be saying certain things and you've got no vibe from the woman. She's never given you any indication that she likes you or that she's interested in you but you're just abusing your power because you think because you're this person you can get away with saying that just because you think you're that person that means I definitely want to sleep with you or engage in any sort of intimacy with you and I think sometimes we can talk about the situation but not talk about the situation kind of what David done so he can address it but then you can do a self-reflecting thing and say I can't speak on that because I don't know what is actually going on with that. I don't know whether the police are involved. I don't know where they are with the investigation. However, I can self-reflect on it and be like, rah, have I ever treated anyone like that? Or is there anyone that could ever make me feel? And I think sometimes men, especially within the industry, don't speak on it because they know that they may have done similar things or maybe crossed the line with certain people and they have to reflect on themselves and be like, oh, okay. Um, but I think these conversations need to be had. And I think a lot of um, behavior needs to be unlearned, even within our culture as black people. Like, yeah. you know, when you go to a rave, a man will just pull you and you're like, yo, like what's going on? Like that's normal, it's like normal behavior for them. Even when you go to certain Caribbean countries, they'll drag, not drag you, but they're gonna pull you and they're gonna be like, yo, come here. And you're just like, and we've learned some, and, and maybe us as women, why have we learned to be like, oh, that's just how men are. Sometimes even with myself, there's a lot of behavior that I have to unlearn sometimes as a woman that I think it's okay for sometimes a man to say things to me and I just brush it off and I just, I'm like, oh, that's just men. But we shouldn't, 
you, do you get what I'm saying? So there's sides. It's weird for me. Sometimes I see things and I think, oh, okay, um, that's interesting. Or like I wouldn't necessarily be upset by that. Yeah. Do you get what I'm saying? But yep. why wouldn't I be upset by that? Because I agree. You also said what I said that the reason why some can't speak out is because if they speak out, there's going to be a bunch of other women saying, Yeah, but bruv, look what you did to me and my friend. Mm-hmm. I know this about you, I know that about you. So a lot of people are guilty behind behind closed doors. We've got learning behavior as women because guys use that as an, a counter argument. If I was good looking or if you fancied me or if you liked me, you'd be responding in a different way. And I could probably get away with being a bit more ruthless with you, and maybe not without violence, but being a yeah, bit yeah. more on you because you think I'm nice. So you don't mind that attention to a certain extent. Yeah. And there's a lot of behavior that needs to be unlearned across the board. It's very difficult because also like with what I, what I do, I try to be as honest as I can, but then also I'm very conscious of like not taking away from any woman that speaks up yeah. about anything. Do you get what I mean? I'm very, very conscious on that. So sometimes I like to kind of just sit back and look and see, you know, and also read because a lot of people comment on stuff and they have not read anything. I went and read the Guard- the, the Guardian article and by the end of it, I was like, oh yeah, this is bad. There's certain things here that you can't really get out of. Like, it's not a subjective thing. It's not, oh, you know, because she didn't like him. That's why she, it's, you cross the line and it's wrong and you shouldn't be abusing your power like that. But a lot of people don't read. They don't read and they don't make up their own conclusion about anything, really. You just see one thing. There's a lot of like herd mentality on social media. One person says it's wrong. So then everyone else says it's wrong. Or one person says it's right. And then everyone else says it's a really sensitive subject. And I don't ever want to come across as being not um, insensitive. Do you get what I mean? Oh, I get that. And I was going to quickly say, because I felt, what did I watch the other day? You, you did that show and I was so, I was jumping through the screen to defend you. It was, was it, oh, ah, Chucky and Poet. Oh, the elephant in the room one. My good God. I <laughs> it frustrated every part, last piece of my soul. Um, and, and, and that's not to say that like, every time you've spoken, I've agreed with you, but I also <laughs> understand your position as so, uh, what is good about what you do and how you speak is that you, you aren't a sheep person and you do ask those challenging questions and make people think and pull black people out of our stereotypical way of thinking sometimes. Yeah, yeah. And because of your age and the position that you're in, it irks people the same way your sideman irks people because you're saying things that you don't want to really hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. So when people are coming at you like you, you're mouthy and you're supposed to do this, that show, that particular show, I really wanted to kind of step in, push you to the side, say, listen, please sit down and let me come and tell these guys about themselves. Because it was so, to me, to me, toxic and sexist, the way they were projecting their shit onto you. Mm-hmm. But other guys can do exactly the same. And I know yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you managed to steel yourself against these things? Because you have had it rough, I believe. You've had it rough. People have come at you. And I, 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 and I think also your three-year evolution means you've matured, you've grown. You've also learned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On your own, in your on your own terms, not because two guys are telling you what to do and when to do it. It's you yeah, yeah. on your own times, and you navigated the space really well, crafted a position for yourself really well. But how did? What was your resolve? How did you survive some of the more tougher moments? Sometimes just have a little cry. Yeah, so cry. You gotta have people that you can vent to as well. Like I'm a venter. I'm like I will call people and just be like. Ah. They're so dumb. Like, why would they do that? And then that gets out the. Uh, so then, when I come online now, I can 
not really act out of emotion, but more out of, okay, let me be careful how I'm going to respond to this person, or let me be careful what I'm actually going to say. And then, but there are times when I'll go on the internet and I'll just do a whole video, like just ripping, like everyone that said something dumb, I'll just be like, well, at the end of the day, da, 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 da. I've also learned that you can actually never please everyone. So, you know, the other day I put a tweet out about women and money and whatever when it comes to relationships and everyone's like, oh yeah, ZZ's talking sense. But then like on Sunday, I've got an interview coming out with Sean Bailey and people are probably not going to like that because I, it might, they might feel like I'm not, I haven't said enough or you're this. So it's like, I've learned that whatever I say, there's going to be somebody or a lot of people that are not going to agree with it. So yeah. I, I, there's no point of trying to please everyone. I just have to say how I feel and whoever agrees with it, agrees with it. And whoever doesn't, doesn't. Because I find it weird when people just have like a, a following and their following always agrees with them. I think it's weird because no, no human being should always have consistent views on something. I don't think anyone should have consistent views on something, if that makes sense. Because there's always gonna be something, even if you kind of like really fuck with someone, they're gonna say something at one point. It's like a relationship. Yeah. There's no way that I'm a, a gonna agree with my mum all the time, or even my best friend, or even a partner. There's no way, that doesn't make no sense. That means somebody's been quiet and just yeah. agreeing with somebody. So if you've got a following that agrees with everything you say, I think it's weird. You're either playing up to that, as in you'll just keep feeding into that narrative of like, yeah, this, 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 so because you know you're following, that's what they follow you for. Or your following is just, I don't know how to just, I just think it's weird. Yeah, Do you my, know what I'm saying? Because my, there's my, at some point when somebody disagrees with you. Yeah, the first, the first, my first response was, yeah, your following is dumb because they don't, they don't they're sheep, they're lemmings. Well, yeah, they are. So <laughs> I, I don't want to cut it like everyone's following. But your, it's all, or it's just that, I wouldn't even say it's your following, it's you as a person because you're just, you're kind of pandering to what you know yeah. they hear yeah, sure. because that's their, that's their standpoint on it. And now everything you do is just to pander to their stand, standpoint. And with me, I just learn, you know, I'm going to say how I feel and whoever agrees with me on that day agrees with me on that day. And whoever doesn't, okay. My favorite kind of comments are, I don't really like ZZ or I don't really agree with ZZ, but I agree with what she's saying here. Yeah. that means you're mature enough to take me out of the equation and just listen to what I'm saying or my ones where I'm just like sometimes people will be like you know ZZ I really used to like you but this what you just said is really and I'm going to unfollow you because I think this is disgusting and I'm in my head I'm thinking I don't give a shit to be honest with you like because what it's my whether whether you like it or not I'm gonna say it do you understand what I'm saying I'm not because then that means like going back to what we were saying before I'm now under your duress I have to do everything you want me to say yeah. I've got release like we were saying I've got a release when you think I should release I've got to say what you think I should say yeah. that's not that's not me I as a person that. you can't live like that it's yeah. too draining yeah, and you're gonna slip that means at one point I'm definitely gonna slip up because this is not the real me so now if I say stuff, like I've said stuff before, have I ever regretted anything I've ever said? Um, probably not, not that I can remember. Because mm. most of the stuff I say, I think about it. Whether people think I don't think about it, I've thought about it before I've put it out. I've thought about every angle that can come back at me and how does it look? 
you know, sometimes I've said things and I, I want to say things and I'll be like, do you know what? No, because that looks like I'm condoning that behavior. Yeah. And yeah. I don't want it to look like I'm condoning that behavior. So I'm not going to say that. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's kind of what I, I just say how I feel. Yeah. Um, totally feel you on everything you just said. I agree with you a lot today. <laughs> you think it was, or did you not? No, 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 I knew I would. Well, I, like, <laughs> I think I saw you, where did I see you? I think Afro Paradise the last time I saw you. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. What yes. You to come on our auntie's show because we, we, you're actually very well liked in our little auntie's group. So oh, uh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, we love you. Because also it's that thing of black women holding court and holding court in a particular way and vocalizing how we speak. It's, you're representing how we speak and how right, yeah, yeah, yeah. we have. Mm-hmm. And that's what everyone needs. You need that's why aunties are starting to cut through because we don't have a bunch of middle-aged women, black women talking their talk, real talk, mm-hmm. and not being policed by anybody. Yeah, and yeah. Like literally, we're older versions of you. You're gonna be us in about a couple of years. <laughs> no. can join, then can I join you guys? Yeah, yeah, of course you can. And then more than a couple of years, I shouldn't even disrespect you like that. Like a big big 20, 30 years time, you'll be like us. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm 31, you know. How are you? Yeah. I was reducing you to younger. I'm because I'm 45 in a minute, so I'm still your big auntie type sister type. Sister, won't go auntie. So just quickly to wrap up, just getting to know you. Give me a book that you have to have in your position all the time. Do you know what? I'd be lying to you. I'm not like a huge reader. I always fall asleep when I read books. I honestly, I always fall asleep. I'm more of like watching interviews or videos where I can like learn stuff because it just, I'm more engaged with it. I don't know what it is, whether it's because I like to see people's facial expressions or I take more from it. I mean, I've got like this book stash in my corner of my living room. Someone came here the other day and was like, do you actually read these books? And I was like, no, not really, but they look really good there. That's fair and that's honest. Um, Give me a song or an album that if your friends put on, they know that your friends or your people put on, they know that you are going to come and spin on your head. It's like old school R&B, any old school R&B, I'm there. Like Monica, SWV, Next, all those bad boys, all that type of little Kim, you know, all about the Benjamins, more money, more problems. What? That music comes on, I'm like, yo, okay. Like, that's what I'm like. Any old, And then like old school Bashman, you know, like the ones where you're like, whoa, you have to bang the table. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll fit in. Those type of things. You're just like, what? Yeah, those. Yes, 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 yes. Give me a TV show or a film that's on. Whenever it's on, you'll watch it. You know the words. You you can stop everything and watch it again and again and again. Devil Wears Prada. Oh my God! High five. I love that. That film. I that film. I used to put it on when I was at uni. I'd put it on and I'd just watch it continuously. And then, like you know, like no one has DVD sets or anything. But I used to obviously buy DVDs and put it in because at uni you couldn't. I couldn't connect to actual TVs. I just had this TV and a DVD player that I just used to like watch. But the other day, uh, I wanted to watch it. Just have it. I just wanted to watch it. So I bought it off Amazon. You know, you can like buy the films off Amazon and it was like three pounds or something and I bought it. Um, And I've recently, I've started doing that quite a lot on Amazon. I just look for like old school films that I know that it's on my Amazon account now. So wherever I move to or wherever, I'm always going to have it there kind of. So I bought Devil's Prada, Mean Girls. I love all those type of things. And then all the black ones like Brown Sugar, Love and Basketball. But Devil Wears Prada, 
that is my such a good film that is my film i literally just watched it the other day because i was like i need to it's, it's a, a really good watch it's a it's really, really feel good film as well you just watch it and you're just like yeah so good yeah it's like every bit hits and 100 percent. then when she gets all when she's all like fashionable you're like yeah that the montage when she's got yeah, all the nice yeah, clothes she's like yes. sick love it that was yeah. that's my go-to film yeah, girl, love it. Um, give me a stage performance that could be a concert or a theatre, like a play, something that you saw on stage that had an impact on you. I would say, at least just said it, Barbershop Chronicles. I don't know if anyone went to, did you ever watch that? Yeah, 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 I went to see it. Oh, good. I love, yeah. like, so I, I watched it when it first came to the National Theatre and then when it went to the Roundhouse yeah. and both of them, but the Roundhouse one was just, because the Roundhouse is like a concert space anyway. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was just a nice, and then working on the back end of it with the marketing and stuff, I just love that. It was re it's really it's a really good play, and really? the, the actors that did it the second time round they were really good. And it touches on so many issues for young black men, for older black men, the issues that we have in our community. But then it's funny and it's got music as well, and it's a vibe. Yeah, that that is probably one. Of, and um, and last thing is, what's made you sad, mad, and glad this week? What made me sad? I don't know if anything's made me sad this week mm, I'd say annoyed more than sad yeah. I've got my live show coming up so like somebody was supposed to do it and they said they couldn't do it that pissed me off I don't know if it made me sad but it made me just feel like oh for god's sake maybe mad but no not mad no because I wasn't mad at them because I understood why they couldn't but it was yeah. just a bit like oh god do you know what yeah. I mean I um and what's made me happy this week just being alive I know that sounds really corny but you know just being alive is quite a good thing to be happy about you know and like my hair's been laying down really nice recently it looks pretty so good I'm quite happy about that because you know how it is for us black women sometimes you know when the hair's not laying down no but that's your, your I was no, no no seriously this was taken out last night it's a problem it looks it's a hot mess. I need no, to. I like that. I, I like you know, you've got a nice curl pattern. I, mean, you I have a lovely curl pattern. You're not, you're not supposed to say things like that, really, are you? You know, because no, no, I've got, I, I don't even mind because I've got very, I've got African thick, 4C hair and it's fine. I love it. I would used to be a hairdresser, so I'm all about celebrating. Yeah, I, I, like, I was looking at you. I was like, I like the length as well. Thank you. See, I've just been doing plaits and trying to, because sometimes I get bored. I normally shave all my hair off. I'm normally. No, no, I like this length. It's a good length. Thank I you. Like it. Stop agreeing with my mum, please. Um, <laughs> can you and tell us finally which what are you most excited for us to see uh, in um, a celebration of Black music? Do you know about everyone? Because everyone that I spoke to, they had a really good story, and I think the whole series is everyone should watch every episode of every interview because they all come from different backgrounds they all had different experiences and then a lot of them have a lot of shared experiences as well and I just think it's a, a it's a good watch it's a different world to what I normally operate in and talk to and that again that was just actually a really nice thing to just talk to people from outside of the stuff that I normally would do and kind of just enter a different world so yeah I think everyone should watch every episode to be honest with you they're all good they are actually all really good and I, I really at first I was a bit anxious because it's not the stuff that people that I normally talk to so on the day I was a bit like well you know it's not like my thing that I normally do but literally as soon as I sat down it was just I don't know if it's sad is the right word but it's almost like no matter what space black people kind of operate in, in the maybe in the entertainment world, we all have shared and the same experience of maybe not feeling wanted or feeling outside or feeling like, you know, we're not being appreciated. So the conversations are like similar conversations that I might have had with someone else that's come on my show that does drill or, or yeah. 
is not a part of that world. So yeah, it's, I really enjoyed it. Thank you, my love. Thank you for having me. Right, thank you.